filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! When it comes to your finances, there's good advice, and then there's bad advice. And there's how or if you listen to it. On today's show, the worst advice you've ever gotten and a better way to think about your finances. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along, whether you're watching us online or listening on radio my name is scott inman john shrewsbury back with us again yes just two of us at the table today because we're actually going to have a third co-host join us remotely from our brentwood office good morning to christian von allman how are you sir i'm great guys how are you good Doing well how are things in tennessee today absolutely phenomenal we've got a beautiful sunny day and uh, everybody's enjoying the summer up here that's for sure so i gotta ask this is your first uh, well, not your first appearance on the show. I guess you've been on for a small section, but you're on for the for the duration today. Are you nervous at all? Just, I mean, you can be uh, honest. Uh, if you're not ner- if you're not nervous, you're not you're not dialed in. So yes, <laughs> yeah. I would absolutely say I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Could not be more excited to be on the show with you guys. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. How how long have we been open in, in Brentwood now? How, how how long have you been working there? Almost six months. Yep. Yep. Almost six months. So uh, things are going well. Things are getting off to the ground, and uh, very very excited about the future. That's for sure. Well, we are excited to have you as a part of the Gen Wealth team. There's no question about it. And excited to have him on the show today, John. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're we're very excited about uh, having an operation in Tennessee. It's our first venture across the Mississippi River. Maybe yeah. not the last, but uh, Gen Wealth is growing. And, and Scott, I think I was thinking about this the other day. You know, the the magic of this growth that we have at Gen Wealth is yes, we want to grow and expand, but we don't want to lose who we are, and we don't want to lose that that one on one customer and client service that we have here at Gen Wealth. And I can't think of anybody better to lead that in the Brentwood area than than Christian. And we're we're glad to have you on the show, Christian. Thanks for that, John. Appreciate it very much. So our topic today, worst financial advice you've ever gotten. And man, can we go a lot of different places with this? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen plenty. Yes, we've, we've gotten it ourselves. You know, you think about personally, uh, yeah. advice that we've gotten in our personal lives. We've heard clients say that they've received. Uh, we've heard people tell other people. You know, I think about, you know, when the first thing I think about, John, is that the, the story you tell about your client who was very young and was contributing to a Roth IRA and, and his CPA mm-hmm. told him, you're too young to save for retirement, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the type of thing we're talking about. Yeah, that, that was very early in my career. I thought I'd really, you know, done something because I started a Roth IRA for somebody and the Roth IRAs were very new at the time. And so this police officer that I was familiar with in El Dorado, uh, I set him down. He's 28 years old. And I said, man, you need to be in this new Roth IRA thing. You put money in it, it grows tax free. And when you start taking income from it, it's it's totally 100% tax free. Uh, you you really have a the best of all worlds by doing this. And so we signed him up and he was putting, you know, $150, $160 a month into the Roth IRA. And so one day I saw him and he said, hey, I need to stop that contribution to the Roth IRA. And I'm like, what? We just started this. What happened here? What, what What's going on? And, and he looked at me and he said, yeah, my CPA told me that I was too young to save for retirement. Mm. Now, that just flies in the face of everything yeah. that all of us have been taught about the power of compound interest. And and thankfully, I talked him out of stopping the Roth IRA. As far as I know, he's still uh, contributing today. But it is uh, something that he's probably got a lot of money in that in that account by now. If you can break it down into just one line, I think one of the worst pieces of advice that I've gotten is you'll always have a car payment. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, too. I remember a real estate agent telling me, buy as much house as you can afford because you'll grow into it. Oh, yeah, nice. that's great, right? Bite off, bite off a big mortgage payment that you that you can barely handle right now because you'll grow into it. But we're going to talk about debt first off here because that's our bad tip number one, and we can, we're going to talk about variations of this. But debt is no big deal. I think that... Uh, we are taught that from an early age if you listen to any outside influence at all. The bogus advice we've heard over the years, you could, you could, I, I, I've never heard this one, but apparently it's out there. Once you cut up the credit card, you don't have to pay it. I mean, is that an, I can't believe that that's actually been uttered, but apparently that's, that's out there. And then student loans. And Christian, I want to bring you in on this. You know, you, 
you think about student loans, that's now really it's the the narrative that's out there is that it's the only way to pay for college. You know, my 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 twin daughters are going to college this fall and they've got a portal that they see how much they owe for tuition and minus their scholarships and what they're left with there's an automatic loan offer on that portal right you can just click it and accept it it is easy to get students into debt yeah it's uh it's really overwhelming when you think about the 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 burden that some of these students are strapped with as they they go to college it's almost like it's you know, it's the rite of passage. You go in there, you get strapped with all these loans, and you move on. I was actually, funny enough that you brought that up, Scott, I was talking with my niece just last week when I was on vacation, and she's she's senior, thinking about going to college. She's kind of anxious about it. She's anxious about the financial aspects of it, as, as are her parents, and she was telling me that she wants to become a real estate agent, and I was like, Hannah, like, that's great that you kind of have a direction that you want to know what you want to do, and I said, you know, you really don't necessarily need to go to college right away. You can save some money do some community college, get some of the general classes out of the way and kind of calculate where you are a year or two from now as you as you get some experience in that real estate world without jumping right in and just kind of following the herd. So I could not agree with you more. I think the, the, the getting strapped with that burden uh, of that debt uh, without actually knowing what you're going to do is, is, is a scary situation. People should really, really focus on, um, you know, having an idea as to where they want to be five years from now because of the the consequences of it when you leave college, having that debt and not being able to invest that that those monies when you're early. Uh, you kind of talked about it a second ago, John, when you were talking about the client with that Roth IRA. I mean, the sooner you start investing, the quicker you get the compounding on that money. And I was having that conversation with Hannah, and, and I could just see the light bulbs going off in her head and and um, at least, you know, have the conversation, right, guys? I mean, like, think about it a little bit as opposed to just kind of following along with what everybody else is doing. Well, you bring up a great point, Christian. The number one thing that got me interested in the financial business was the magic of compound interest, the power of compound interest. I I sat down and I, I learned that concept first thing when I when I first was thinking about getting involved in the financial business, I learned about how compound interest works and how money on top of money compounds and grows almost like a snowball rolling downhill. Well, it, it works just the opposite if you have debt because number one, those dollars aren't going into an investment. But if you have debt, especially credit card debt, that stuff compounds like crazy too. And, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you've got a whole lot more debt than you began with simply because of the compound of the of the interest and if you're not making uh, total payments on your interest plus some principal that debt can really uh, snowball on you as well but guys I, I want to go back to this whole student loan thing for just a second one of the things that's going around these days is the the assumption oh yeah the uh, you know the, the government's going to cancel student loans and everything's going to be okay well I know that there was a lot of talk about that running up to the last election but have you heard any talk about canceling student loans after the election? Mm-mm. It's like, okay, that was a hot button. We're going to talk about that to get elected. But nobody's talking about canceling student loans now because they don't have to. You know, and, and I don't think that the government is going to step in and save you from student loans. That's not something that I would count on as a financial strategy because likely it's not going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you are strapped with paying those loans back at some point. Well, when you think about the government and debt, I mean, do you really think that they're good at managing their finances? I mean, we, we look at a, a $30 trillion in counting debt right now from the government's perspective. That Counting on the government for your personal economy is certainly not a good idea. Uh, you think about the, the ways you get into debt, too, and we're kind of in the student loan arena right here, so let's kind of stay with young people a little bit. You think about the credit cards, you yep. know? You, you think about young people getting out from uh, their household and they are used to a certain lifestyle and they want to continue that lifestyle even if they don't have the income to support it. That's, that's a topic that, Christian, you said you were talking with your niece. I've had a lot of discussions with my older three about you know thinking about what it takes to support the lifestyle they're used to when they were teenagers and now they're going to be moving out into their own and it's not going to work that way. And if they don't put some restrictions on their personal economy, credit cards, balances are going to start skyrocketing on them. Yeah, clearly, clearly. So yeah. go ahead, Christian. I was just going to say, guys, I mean, and from the credit card standpoint, I mean, all of us have, I'm sure, have some experiences with credit cards in one way or another. But 
when you start to look at, you know, the 10-year Treasury being about 1, 1, 1.36 last time I checked, you know, they're charging these folks 16% interest on these credit cards. I mean, it's it's like, it's like you know, I hate this. I, I'm, I hope I'm not going too far with this, but I think it's kind of like, it's almost like legitimate loan sharking for crying out loud. I mean, it's yeah. 16% is a lot of interest. I mean, if you use rule of 72, it's going to double in four years, right? I mean, you're, you're paying these people back the amount of money that you that they borrowed you one time over within a four-year period of time. And how often are the people actually paying off the principal, right? So yeah. to me, it's it, the credit card is something that you've got to use as a last resort, almost like, almost like an emergency when you're in that younger age, um, if at all, right? Frankly, just don't even use them you know, from the, from the get-go. Don't get in that bad habit and it, do whatever you can do to avoid it because it's – it's not. It's it's a big trap. You mentioned no that habit. Yeah, you mentioned that habit. I think that's key too because you, if you continue that trend into your adult life, how many people still put their vacations on a credit card? Right. Yeah. If they're going to do what they want to do, even if they have to borrow the money to do it, and that's that's a recipe for disaster, John. Well, I think that that there has been a, a good trend in this country over the last few years of people paying off their credit card debt at the end of the month. And, and you know, there's, there's different philosophies about this. I, I know, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, you're, you're dealing with, with the devil here and they're going to get you one way or the other. And, and there is really a, some psychological uh, studies that have been done on using plastic and even a debit card that you actually feel physical pain when dollars leave your hand, but it's not that big a deal when you swipe the card. And when you swipe the card and it's deferred on, uh, you know, for 30 days or whatever before you have to pay it and then you can pay a small amount and and roll the balance and all of that it really does uh it is a cul-de-sac financially that you really have a hard time getting out of if you journey down that street yeah john the the term that they use in behavioral finance world is called layering right so they separate you from the actual exchange of the cash by using that plastic it's similar to what they do in the casinos where they take your hard-earned money and they give you chips and and what happens is, is people are just more loose with their finances when they can't actually see the dollars being exchanged. And so a good habit, a good way of correcting that, in my opinion, is is go to the bank, get the cash, put the cash in your pocket. And when you're exchanging that cash with folks, uh, you're a lot more frugal with what, what you how you invest. And a lot of my friends will say, okay, well, I just use the credit card so I can get the points. And I can use the points so I can get that hotel room when I go on vacation with my family you know, once per year. But I, I would argue that if you use cash, right? You're going to be a lot less likely to spend frivolously and you'll have way more money actually in your pocket to pay for as many hotel rooms as you want when you're on vacation. So just remember that layering, folks. Remember that psychological aspect that's going on when it comes to credit cards, for sure. When he was talking about that, uh, Scott, it, it came in, uh, an image came in my mind. If you ever go to a casino and you see people handling chips, they just kind of flip them like, yeah. and, and there's, you know, $50, $100 chips, and, and they're just flipping them around like it's nothing. And they wouldn't probably do that if it were cash money that were actually going on the table. There. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and everything we've talked about in this first segment about debt, it really comes down to that the bad advice comes from uh, really a global source. It's society at large. You think about, we mentioned the, you'll always have a car payment, right? That that's bad advice. Well, where does that come from? If you watch a an ad on TV for a dealership advertising the car, you won't ever see the price of the car. You'll see the low monthly payment, right? Yeah. Because that's how we are conditioned to believe that we're always going to have a car payment. And I would submit that it is hard to get there. You may have to have a payment earlier in life, but if you can get a car paid off and then continue to give yourself that payment, putting it into a savings account so that when you go to buy that next car, you'll have the trade-in value of the car you're trading in plus some lump sum money to be able to buy a car outright. I remember that 24 to 36 months was a long time to finance a car when I was a young uh, person. Not anymore. Now it's like, uh, what can you get, 96 months or something like that? It's just ridiculous how, you know, that car has zero value after a certain period of time. And and so you're still paying on something that really doesn't have any value. It is a depreciating asset, even though it is very useful to you. I think the average is 72 months now. The average term is 72 months. Crazy. Never even heard of uh, when I bought my first car. We've got to take a break. Going to tell you a great opportunity to help with your debt if you have a debt problem when we come back in just a moment. 
When it comes to your finances, there's good advice and there's bad advice, and you need to be able to tell the difference between the two. The theme of today's show, the worst financial advice you've ever gotten. We spent the first segment of our show talking about debt and different uh, forms of bad advice when it comes to taking on debt. I want to wrap that up by giving you an opportunity to get out of debt if that is a problem for you. But first, you know, I think it would be helpful to guys to talk a little bit about, well, why, as financial advisors, why are we so concerned about a client's debt? And why are we railing? Why do we just spend nearly 15 minutes talking about how bad debt is for you? Well, it comes back to two things, margin and cash flow. Because if you're yes. going to grow wealth, you've got to have both. Surveys will tell you that most millionaires agree that that's the best way to get wealthy and stay wealthy is to avoid personal debt. Well, you cannot be in a situation where you are enriching someone else's financial future and someone else being Visa, MasterCard, or whatever bank that that that's coming from. There's no way that you can get financially independent if you are spending your money out to the various entities that are out there in terms of big-time interest. And so you've got to to think about debt as being a drain on the efforts that you have to become financially independent. That's really what it is. You are making someone else financially independent, not yourself. So we have a great opportunity here. We use the debt snowball. There, there are different ways to eliminate your debt, but we often use the debt snowball. And if you're not familiar with that, talk a little bit about uh, what that is. It's basically a concept that comes from Dave Ramsey, uh, the first place I've heard of it anyway, but there is some software where you can begin to pay off the smallest debt first. You know, a lot of people say you got to tackle that biggest interest rate first, and that's okay too. But if you psychologically, you know, we're going back to the psychology of it. If you can get rid of the smallest debt on the on the ledger first, it gives you a boost mentally. And then you begin to take the payment you were making on that small payment and roll it as a snowball would get bigger into the next largest or the next smallest debt and so on and so on until you become debt free. If you want to know more about that, there's a free download available for you. All you have to do is send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. It's info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll give you a free download of the debt snowball. And if you want to talk to a financial advisor here at GenWealth, we are always available as well. Uh, we have offices, as we've told you today, in Brentwood, Tennessee, Bryant, Little Rock. We're in Conway. We're in Hot Springs. We're also in El Dorado and in northwest uh, Louisiana. Yes, Absolutely. And, and, you know, whether it's debt, whether it is building your financial future, whether it's getting ready to retire, uh, we want to talk with you. We've got a program for you here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. All right. So our next bad tip, number two, is gambling your required income. Now, that's probably not not how it was phrased to you, but that's the general umbrella uh, that we're going to put around all this next topic of discussion. Uh, And because it's about taking on too much risk, with your hard-earned dollars and the top tier for me on that is talking about going to the casino and gambling because there is a mentality out there right of whether it's buying lottery tickets john or it's going to the casino that somehow you're banking on a big payoff from that as as if that is the best retirement plan yeah Uh, christian i don't know do they have a a state lottery in in tennessee they do. Yeah, they do. They have one in Arkansas, too, and it has a, a very uh, good intention to try to help with scholarships, with right. college and things of that nature. But I, I just read that the Arkansas lottery took in more money this past year than they've ever taken in before. And I think part of that is COVID and, and people, you know, not having anything to do. So if they're going to go by the convenience store and get some gas, buy a few lottery tickets or whatever the case may be. I literally saw this the other day and this, this blew me away. I was standing in line at a convenience store. I picked up a snack and was waiting to check out. And there was a dude in front of me that literally was buying packets of scratch-off tickets. I'm not talking about uh, you know, a, a handful of them. I'm talking about like there were 30 in a cellophane wrapper and he had four of those cellophane wrappers. So there was 120 scratch off tickets. I have no idea what he spent on it because I didn't pay any attention, but, but I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to go home and spend a good part of the afternoon scratching off 120 tickets, hoping that you're going to win something from the lottery. And I know there are people that win money from lotteries. I, I, I get that i understand that but there are look here's the equation on any kind of gambling 
they don't do this and and yeah. and let people win right. more than the money that they take in. They wouldn't work. So obviously, you know, you can think about the the Arkansas lottery or the Tennessee lottery being something that is beneficial for scholarships. And if you want to make a contribution that way and maybe get a return on it, I guess that's okay. But but to your point, Scott gambling with your financial future is really not where you're going to to actually allow lightning to strike i sure hope that he was a pool he, he had a pool of money when he was doing that that wasn't all his i, I don't know it's hard to say <laughs> yeah but you know i i do think i, I look at it like this if you're going to play the lottery it's a contribution to arkansas's kids right that yep. it is that's that's what you're making do not expect to get that money back because you only have a one in almost 14 million chance of winning the lottery jackpot. Now, I know there's various forms of, of smaller winnings, but the, the jackpot. But people bank on it. Listen to these numbers. These are astounding. More than two-thirds of millennials are waiting on winning a lottery jackpot to secure their retirements. That's amazing to me. According to a survey by Stash, that's a consumer investing app, 31% of Americans don't invest because they think it's risky. But 39% including 59% of millennials feel it's reasonable to think of the lottery jackpot as a potential means of retirement. I, yeah, I, don't, even I, know how to, I don't even know how to follow that yeah, up. I'm speechless about yeah. that. Well, the one thing I'll throw in here, guys, is, you know, obviously we talk about retirement income, right? When we're talking about required income, things like I, used, I like to call it hug money, housing, utility, gas, groceries, things of that nature. There's, there's no gambling associated with that, right? We got, we, we've got a really, you know, obviously part of this show and part of what we do at GenWealth is educate people. And I think one of the things you got to consider is that when it comes to retirement income, especially that required re- retirement income, um, this is very serious stuff, right? It comes down to your independence and you maintaining your independence and your dignity uh, throughout the rest of your life. And um, one of the things that I like to, you know, talk to people about is, is just kind of give them an analogy, like a, like an airplane ride. So so let's, let's just imagine, you know, John, let's say you're going to take an air trip someplace Anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Uh, I'd love to go to Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is my favorite destination. Yep. I just uh, read that that Maui's being overrun with tourists at this point. So a lot of folks want to go there, right? (laughs) You want to change your mind now? Let me just throw this at you. So I've got two airplane tickets for you to go to to Maui, right? One of them costs $1,000. The other one costs $1,500. Which airplane ticket do you want to take? I'm buying the $1,000 ticket, Christian. I'm saving my $500. Everybody. Yeah, everybody's going to go on to whatever website they choose. They're going to take the lower price. But what if I told you that the $1,000 ticket has a 66% chance of, of being on time. And, and the $1,500 ticket had a 99% chance of being on time. Which one do you want to take now? I think I'd probably take the uh, $1,500 ticket because my time's precious over there in, in paradise. Right. Yeah, you don't want to miss a day or two or right. whatever the case may be. And I think when it comes to retirement income, when it comes to that required amount of income, you want the highest probability you, you can possibly find as far as success is concerned. And I know that, you know, at GenWealth, one of what we do from a planning perspective is really heavily focus on that, the analyzation of Social Security, that required income level that the clients need when they want to retire and so forth, and ultimately providing them with a plan, right, a solid plan that they can look at, read at, refer to when things get get a little hairy as far as the stock markets or the economy is concerned, that they can be confident in as they move forward. So um, to me, Again, just in summary, it's it's about your independence, your dignity, folks, and and we want to we want to put as the high level of confidence behind that, uh, and security behind that as possible to help you kind of move through that 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 retirement income stage. It's it's just so important. You can't underestimate it enough. So we've started talking in this segment about risk and and the silly risk we would say of banking on the lottery or banking on the casino as being your means to the return you need to have enough money for retirement. What about the next level down from that? Because maybe you're not averse to risking uh, your money in the stock market, which, of course, does have risk. But how you invest matters. And I think too many people, when it comes to the worst advice they've ever received, John, are listening to the wrong people when it comes to this because it's the water cooler talk that gets you hearing about the, the next big hot stock tip and then you're chasing a return that may not ever happen. Clearly, uh, there, there's been a lot of examples of that uh, here lately. There yeah. was the whole GameStop thing that, that went on. Uh, the, you know, everybody expects 
uh, you know, that things like that are the norm because it just happened. And so it's going to continue to happen. But that's that's something called recency bias. Christian talked about the fact, uh, you know, in behavioral finance, there's labels for this type of behavior. And that's called recency bias because it just happened. You think it's going to continue. Look, here's the deal. If there's a hot stock out there or whatever the case may be, Chances are, by the time you hear about it, it's prob- the bloom's probably off the rose. We don't think that chasing the hot dot is the way to financial independence. Are there some you know, isolated examples of people becoming financially independent because they bought, I don't know, Apple at $5 a share or whatever it was way back when? Yes, there are people that, that were in that camp. But this is a get-rich-quick. This is a Hail Mary. This is this pass from the end zone trying to score at, uh, you know, with the time running out on the clock in the fourth quarter. It, it really doesn't work that way. We want you to think about retirement. We want you to think about building wealth as something that is very formulaic, very slow and steady, and that there is a process to it. That is how demonstrably most wealth is built in this country. It is not by winning the lottery or picking a hot stock. Yeah. It, it, building wealth is not used. You don't use a microwave to do it. You use a slow cooker. That's and, right. And Christian, that comes back to a diversified portfolio, not chasing stock tips. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I was uh, I had a pleasure of meeting William Danko, who's the who's the author of The Millionaire Next Door, uh, in my previous professional life. And you know, the average millionaire is is fifty seven years old. Yeah. Uh, the average millionaire is a small business owner that started investing early, and they do it the old fashioned way by, um, you know, dollar cost averaging into the markets, rebalancing your portfolio, watching out for you know tax issues along the way, and and working with a professional. To develop a plan, um, it's it's amazing when you start to look at the that book, The Millionaire Next Door. I'd recommend it to anybody that's listening or watching today. Um, when you look at that book, it's it's the, the millionaires have a plan. They're focused on it. They're focused on the long run, not the short run. And that's that's really what we're trying to the point that we're trying to make here this afternoon. You know, and I think it's important too when you get closer to retirement. We're going to shift gears when it comes to risk. I think that the the worst advice or the bad advice that could be taken by a near-term retiree is really not about taking on too much risk, but it's avoiding risk. You get into the avoidance mentality, and that comes with its own problems. We're up against a break, but we're going to talk about bad tip number three when we come back. Avoid risk at all costs, and our solution to, to that, the problem with it, and our solution to it when the Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. I'm Scott Inman with John Shrewsbury and Christian Von Allman in our Brentwood office, joining us via Skype on the Get Ready for the Future show today. Our topic of discussion is the worst financial advice you've ever received. And we've shared with you about debt and what we're told and pretty much brainwashed from the media and society about debt and all of those bad pieces of advice. And then when in the last segment, we spent talking about risk and the urge through bad advice to take on too much of it when it comes to your investments or how you believe you're going to build wealth. The reverse is true for near-term retirees. Guys, we, we see it all the time. People come in, maybe they're five years out, two years out from retirement. They have a mentality, and I get it, that the retirement date, with it looming very soon, is the end date of their taking on risk, right? They, right. Uh, they've, they've accumulated wealth. Uh, during their during their work life and now they've got to live on that wealth and you want to hold it very tightly because you feel like you don't have time to make it up if there is a major correction or a major recession or a major downturn lengthy downturn in the market and i think that that's our jumping off point here because what's the problem with that right if i just put it over into a savings account or an interest bearing account or something very low risk that i won't lose money but that right. comes with the you're accepting other risks, John. You really are. And and this one really kind of gets under my skin in a in a great way because what this does is it it really destines someone to be behind the curve as far as cost of living and that type of thing is concerned. But but what really rankles me about this is the fact that there are folks out there that are preying on fear trying to get you to invest money with them at some low interest rate, lock it up for a long period of time, and then once you're in that trap, you can't get out of it because there are huge fees and surrender penalties and things of that nature that go along with that. What you've got to have in retirement is you've got to have regular predictable income that adjusts on a periodic basis for inflation. 
Now, there are two asset classes that have helped people to overcome inflation over the years. One is equities, the other is real estate. So there has to be a mix of equities and real estate in your portfolio, but certainly there has to be some money that is powder dry, off the table, not invested in the stock market, very, very low risk, if any risk at all, so that you can draw income from that bucket of money, if you will. But you still need real estate and you need equities to grow your money to stay ahead of inflation. And Christian, I know you've got a lot of experience in working on the issue of staying ahead of inflation and taxes and things of that nature, people lose sight of that in the face of fear about the market. Yeah, John, I, I, I had a lot of experience with you know seminars. In my previous life, I was uh, in the institutional side of the business calling on a lot of different financial advisors that did a lot of seminars. And you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the market is rigged. You know, it's I've heard it before and it's scary to hear some of the things that I've that I, that I've seen in the past from a seminar standpoint. But really, what you've got is you got kind of two sides of the spectrum. You got what I like to call golden cowboys, people that want to hoard gold and ammunition and think the the sky is literally falling. Right. Right. Uh, they're way way too conservative. And then you got your kind of your Bitcoin crowd out there that just wants to you know speculate on everything. And then you've got everybody in between. And I think what you talked about, John, is that that repeatable income that 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 having that foundation and that diversification that really takes place is what you really need because ultimately at the end of the day the the two silent enemies in retirement there's and they just don't get talked about enough is is taxes which i know we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes but it's inflation it's a silent enemy it's it's the it's the eroding of your buying power you buy something with a guarantee well that guarantee me guarantees you that your buying power is going to be eroded so yeah. you know you really need to sit down and have a plan and you think about where you're going with that and and one of the things I like to talk to uh, my clients about is the Consumer Price Index E for elderly. You know, I talked about hug money just a little while ago, the housing, utilities, and groceries. I mean, you know, medication, for crying out loud. Think about what's going on with gas prices. When you retire, you, you're no longer a stock. You're, not, you're no longer making money in, in, as far as, a, you know, from, a, from your job anymore. You're more of like a bond, right? You're, you're, you're not working anymore, and you need some steady, predictable income off of that. But you need to find a way to raise that income. So... Working with a financial advisor, working with someone that's really truly planning for you, to, to, to find that appropriate balance is just absolutely critical. And I see, like as I mentioned before, I see both sides of the spectrum. And you, re- you really you really don't want to be one or the other. You want to be somewhere in between. No S- doubt about it. Scott, there's a great opportunity for people to yeah. learn a lot more about our strategy for retirement. It is encompassed in a workshop that we're doing very, very soon in, in Benton. It is called Destination Retirement. Yeah, coming up July 29th at 6.30. It's at the Benton Event Center. So if you're listening to us on radio or watching on live stream, and you're in the Saline County area or anywhere nearby, you'll want to attend Destination Retirement. We're going to talk about the things that we're talking about in this segment, about how inflation can erode your buying power, and you need to be invested in a way that your income will increase over time in your retirement. You'll learn seven key steps to help you towards your destination retirement, and it's easy to register for this event. It is free. If we didn't mention that, you can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to sign up. Seating is limited here, so we want to encourage you, if you're hearing my voice today, to be sure to go ahead and get registered for that. It's coming up July 29th at 6.30 at the Benton Event Center, Destination Retirement. You know, and we mentioned earlier in the show about recency bias when it comes to a lot of things. Think about inflation here. We, we've, we've been in recent decades lured into this belief that there's not much inflation. Well, that's changed this year, right? I yeah. mean, we, we're seeing uh, inflation really take off, and in fact, a Social Security analyst has speculated that the cost of living adjustment for 2022 for Social Security, which will be announced in October, could be as much as 6.1%. Yeah, that's going to make a lot of retirees happy if, yeah. they, if they get a bump in Social Security like that. They will also get a bump in the cost of, of Medicare right. premiums and things of that nature. But but clearly, Social Security is, is one of the foundations of a good retirement plan. And I'll just say this. If you do not have a written retirement plan on paper, on purpose, that helps you and and very uh, easily demonstrates to you how you're going to increase your income over time when you're no longer working and depending on your assets to live. If you don't have that, you need to be at Destination Retirement. We're actually uh, doing these workshops all over the region. We're coming to uh, Brentwood, by the way, uh, in late August with this workshop as well. So Destination Retirement is a great 
uh, tutorial, if you will, about how to build your retirement income plan for your future. The worst financial advice you've ever gotten. That's the topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show. Bad tip number four, you can avoid taxes. It may have been stated to you in various forms. Don't put money into a Roth because you're going to have to pay taxes on it now and you don't want to do that. You can have a tax-free retirement if you do some things that we're going to suggest to you. Listen, you cannot avoid taxes. And and when I hear that, all I think about is you're going to get caught. You can't avoid. The taxes are going to have to be paid. Now, can you create a strategy to minimize taxes? Absolutely. The strategy needs to be in place to minimize your tax impact. But if you think that you can avoid taxes, especially when we're talking about qualified money, that's where the majority of our clients' wealth exists, it's going to be paid somewhere along the way. Somehow, some way. I think about the, you know, you can avoid taxes like the checks in the mail and a promise to love you forever. Sure. You know, all of those adages that are out there. You can't avoid taxes on qualified money. If you have IRA, 401k money, when that money comes out of that investment, it's going to get taxed. Period. End of story. No way to do it other than doing a Roth conversion, but it's still going to be taxed when you convert that money to a Roth IRA. Now, ultimately, that Roth IRA is going to pay out tax-free money, but you can't get there from here without it passing through the tax man. And so what you've got to do is you've got to have a strategy for minimizing taxes. I think the come on of, of somebody saying, oh, you can have a tax-free retirement is really just a come on. It really is a sales pitch trying to get you into some you know high commission product or something of that nature that that somebody's trying to sell. The bottom line of it is this. You need to have a strategy to pivot depending upon what the tax situation is. Obviously, there is a lot of momentum to change the tax situation in this country right now. And I don't think anybody really knows what the future looks like. I think everybody generally thinks taxes are going to be higher. And I think that's why good careful, legitimate planning in this area, Scott, is a must. Yeah, and it's easy to think about that when you realize that tax rates, uh, Christian, are, are actually still at pretty historic lows in this country. We, we, so the idea that they're going to go up or the, or the belief that they're going to go up is probably a pretty solid one, but yeah. you, can't, you can't get too yeah, carried absolutely. away with that. I think you know, when it comes to tax rates, obviously, you know, we're all going to pay our fair share, but you don't really want to pay a penny more, right? Uh, and I think that just by having a plan, as John mentioned, whether you're in the accumulation phase or the distribution phase, um, it's something that you want to watch. I've seen studies from InvestNet and Morningstar where you can add anywhere between 50 and 100 basis points of return on an annual basis just by being focused and cognizant of the taxation. And I think one of the things that I'm proud about what, that we do at General Wealth is we work hand in hand a lot with the the tax side of the equation, the CPAs to manage that and be focused on that. And and I've I've seen a study from Jackson National Life that when you're doing the income planning side of things, just by looking at the qualification of the money, whether it's a municipal bond or a taxable account or 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 a non-taxable account like a Roth, by pulling money from a combination of those those ass of those assets over time can add an additional two to three years worth of income for a client uh, as they you know again, move towards the retirement side of the equation. So um, it's something you, you have to manage. And as I said earlier, it's kind of that silent enemy, right, along with inflation. These are one of these things that most people just do not think about behaviorally is from a mental accounting standpoint. They say, well, how much do you have in your IRA, John? And then you'll say, well, I've got $500,000. Well, most people think that they have, they really have $500,000 there. Well, they do, but they don't really mentally account for the fact that you know, 10, 20, 30% of that's going to be taxes. So um, that, again, kind of goes, folds back into the the reason why you want to be cognizant of that and plan for that over time, for sure. Scott, one other thing on this subject is never make an investment decision solely on tax reasons. I've seen people go down a a real bad road in in terms of thinking, okay, this is what's going to happen tax-wise, so I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the game changes. And then you're behind the curve and maybe what you thought was going to be a tax-friendly investment gets disqualified or whatever the case may be by changing legislation you don't want to be in a position where all of your cards are in on an investment solely because of taxes the investment has got to make sense from the get-go and if it has a tax benefit to it all the better the other thing we hear a lot about is people when they approach retirement don't want to have a mortgage anymore and we applaud that for sure we've just spent a whole segment of this show talking about not having debt but 
you have to be really careful. This is something we fight when people want to take a lump sum withdrawal from their qualified plan, their qualified account to pay off their mortgage. That can be a dangerous thing as well. So obviously part of the plan, talking with a financial professional is the way to uh, tackle your tax problems or your tax issues in retirement. Time for a break. Our final segment of the Get Ready for the Future show, the worst advice you've ever gotten. We'll talk more next. A Genwell Financial Advisor is a phone call or an email away. Our number, 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. Anywhere you're hearing my voice today, just give us a call, and there is likely a Genwealth Advisor near you ready to help. There is also an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Just tell us you'd like someone to contact you. And Anna Olive, who is our client introductory specialist, will get back with you, uh, get you set up with an advisor. And I always like to mention that the first appointment is complimentary. It doesn't cost you anything to sit with a Gen Wealth advisor. We'll spend a couple of hours. We'll ask you to gather some documents, bring some things with you. But it's really a conversation. That first appointment is a conversation about you identifying where you are along your retirement journey, your journey towards financial independence is what we would rather say, uh, where you want to, that to begin, where your financial independence goals are, and creating a plan to get there. Set some goals and have a written plan on paper, on purpose, for you to achieve those goals. We've been talking about the worst financial advice you've ever gotten. That's the subject of today's show, and we've kind of characterized them or, or lumped them together in certain categories by bad tips. And we have the fifth one and final one, and this one we can really talk a lot about in this last segment. It's really, don't worry. Go to an advisor. You don't need to understand what we're doing. We're the experts. Just hand over your accounts, transfer your accounts, let us do all the work and everything will be fine. Well, we certainly don't expect you to be an expert at Genwell Financial Advisors, but we are passionate, John, about education. There is a level of understanding that we are very cognizant of in the appointment process. We want you to understand the why. That's why we put it down on paper on purpose, quite frankly. Sure. The purpose of why we are doing everything we're doing is written down so that we can go back and refer to it And I think that's something that is really lacking in the financial services industry. We want you to have a functional understanding of what's going on in your finances, because if you don't understand it, then someone can come along later and talk you completely out of a perfectly good plan because you don't understand what's going on. And so there is some buy-in that you have to have in terms of the educational process. Now, different folks have different, you know, uh, levels of threshold of, of being able to, to wrap their brain around financial stuff. Some people are financial delegators, and they like to say, here, you guys just do it. But again, we're going to bring you into that equation and help you to understand that there really is more to it than just shoving a piece of paper across the table to us and say, hey, would you handle this for me? We need to know a lot more about what's going on. We need you to engage with us. If someone comes to you and says, hey, look, just give me your money. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. That's a red flag. In any financial industry, that's a red flag. And so I feel like, Scott, that that oftentimes people have this, this notion of expediency. They just would like to get this off their plate. Yep, they don't yep. understand finances and that yep. type of thing. But finances is a bit of a contact sport. I think there has to be some level of involvement. And there are a lot of people that are deeply involved in in their finances and we welcome that but those who are wanting to just shove it off and not think about it not understand not know anything about it that really is a recipe for disaster yeah and what you do want is you want to have the understanding so that you can have that peace of mind with your plan i mean christian you think about the you you were you mentioned earlier in the 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 show today that you spent a lot of uh, your career on the uh, on the institutional side, and certainly financial jargon is a big part of that, right? But in the client, but in the client meeting room, you know, you've got to have a, a communication level, a, a language that is understandable to be able to relate that to uh, the client, so they know uh, what is going on with their plan. Yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Scott. I mean, they would actually call me in so that I could speak plain English to these folks and help them understand what we were what we were talking about. And I think. You know, John, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It is an absolute full contact sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more we can talk to you, the more we can understand your needs, wants, and wishes, and your dreams, and and really the intent of your money. What Where do you want to go, right? I think that, you know, and, and 
the sooner we can talk to have that conversation, figure out where you want to go, the more likely we are to get, get you there, right? So my, my message to everybody this morning and this afternoon as we cross over the day here is, is don't wait, right? When you talked earlier about, you know, the snow, debt snowball, if you're in a debt situation, do not wait. Give us a call. Let us get you out of the debt and start growing your money. And, and, and again, even if you're not, if you're getting ready to retire and, you're, and you're, look, you're worried about, well, do I have enough or is the stock market overcooked? Give us a call and engage with us because we are, uh, and again, I've called on thousands of financial advisors in my career, 21 years of calling on financial advisors. We are one of the most educationally based organizations I have ever seen in my career, right? We, we want to engage with you. We want you to understand it. And, and, and again, to your point, Scott, the reason why we want that is so that you're confident about it. So you can march forward unequivocally and really enjoy what you've worked for, for blood, sweat, and tears, you know, 30 years with your family. We really want you to enjoy that peacefully. And, and the really the only way you can do that is through confidence. And that is, again, by that, having that knowledge. So no so- doubt about it. Scott, I, I, this week we celebrated Genwell's 16th birthday, 16 years of doing what we're doing under the, under the banner of Genwell Financial Advisors, and, and that always causes me to kind of reflect, you know, and, and think about what all we've done as a company. And I look at all of the resources that, that we have available here. You do a great mm-hmm. job on the fastest four minutes of investing. All you have to do is uh, go to our website and subscribe to that for uh, fastestfour.com, yep. and, and you'll get in your email inbox uh, – Scott's fastest four minutes in investing. It's great information. Janet and I have written the book. Uh, you see it uh, over our shoulders here. Your retirement should be more. Uh, it is a dossier on how you should think about planning retirement. We do these educational workshops. Our website is full of blogs and, and videos and things of that nature. We want you to have a better understanding of your finances. If you have a better understanding of your finances, you're much more likely to become financially independent. And so we've put a lot of resources on the table. It's really up to you to pick those resources, use those resources, but the most valuable resource is your financial plan and your relationship with your trusted advisor. It clearly is, I think, the best path to get someone down that road to financial independence is having that plan on paper, on purpose, and working side by side with your advisor to be sure that you're accomplishing the goals that you set out to do. Well, you reflected over the last 16 years. I'm going to take it from there and look forward a little bit because we continue to evolve. And I think I'm really excited about how we have really created three different programs to address the needs of everyone, no matter where you are, what stage of life you're in, where your finances are currently. There is a program in place here at GenWealth with an advisor. All three programs come with a financial advisor, access to an advisor that you can be a part of. So one is MoneyWorks, very new program, probably a month or so we've had this launched. If you're just starting on your financial journey and you need a coach to help you learn the ropes, MoneyWorks is for you here. You can text the word MoneyWorks to 501-381-5228 to get started. I had an opportunity to sit in with Mark Osorio, who is kind of spearheading the, the MoneyWorks program for us. We sat with a, uh, an early 20-something, just getting started in life, but knows that she knows nothing about money. She's told us that. She's scared of making the wrong decisions, and she wants to do it the right way. And her eyes got as big as saucers when we showed her the sample uh, of the MoneyWorks software that she could get into and plug things in. And it's very user-friendly for you to be able yeah. to do that. For folks Scott, that are, yeah, go sorry, ahead. I just want to make one comment on that. Sure. Sorry, John. But, you know, again, nobody has this type of platform, you know, where a subscription base like we have. And, and, and that's as educational as money works. As I, to your point, I've sat down with Mark, too, and I've seen the, the program and the platform. It's it's unbelievable. Um, if you're listening to this program and you're, you're, you're looking to kind of get that basic understanding of how money works, uh, Mark and his team are just absolutely amazing. If you're in that debt situation, Give Mark a call. Let's 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 talk you through this. Um, it's it's just unbelievable to me that we have this platform. And again, um, really really excited to, to to be a part of this as well. Scott, uh, on top of MoneyWorks, if you think about MoneyWorks as being the the bike with training wheels on it to yep. to get started. Money Guide is really the 10-speed bike. Yep. It, it, it gets you down the road very quickly. If you are further along in your finances and you are trying to balance life and money and figure out your family's finances and how you build financial independence and how you take care of your family, how do you have the things that you want now and also plan for your future, 
then Money Guide is for you. And you can text Money Guide to that same number, mm-hmm. 501-381-5228 to get started. And then, of course, there's our ready-to-retire process. Yeah, this is for folks who are 5 to 10 years out from retirement. That's where we get into the retirement income plan uh, of moving forward after your life of work. You've accumulated. Now you're moving into the distribution stage. You've got to make your money last. You can text the word READY to that same number, 501-381-5228, to get started there. I'm way past the final bell. You heard it in the distance there. Time for our final thoughts. Christian, we'll start with you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, obviously, we talked about really main, you know, obviously five main points that you, you don't want to screw up on as it relates to retirement. That is, you know, dealing with debt. Uh, debt is a big deal and it hinders your ability to grow your money. So obviously, you want to focus on that. We want to help you with that. We want to educate you with that and get you moved up, moved on beyond that as quickly as humanly possible. We also talked about gambling with your required income. Obviously, you, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that, that specifically speaks to the dignity and the independence that you're going to have in your retirement. And we, we do not want to screw that up. So uh, let us engage you, uh, as you just mentioned earlier, on the Red Retire process to help you make sure that, that you get that right. Um, avoid risk at all costs. Um, you know, obviously, you want to take calculated risks. You want to have a plan. You have to do that in order to maintain your buying power through retirement. So. We, we want to make sure that we're taking the appropriate amount of risk for the client and, and working with you diligently to find out what that level is for you. Um, number four bullet point we talked about today is just avoiding taxes. To me, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, as I mentioned before, we're gonna, you're going to pay your fair share, but we're gonna, you know, we, we want you to be focused on not paying a penny more and really being diligent on an on a annual basis uh, to make sure that you're not losing any money through the cracks from a tax perspective. Uh, and last but certainly not least, don't just hand your money over to someone. You know, there's a lot of folks out there that they're really excited to, to talk to you when they when they initially meet with you. Um, they're not very educationally based when they do that, and then they don't really talk to you very much after you, you, you give them your money. So uh, at GenWealth, obviously, we, we believe in that. We believe in that passionately and vigorously, and, um, you know, it's just been a, a joy to be on the, the, this this uh, this show with you guys today. So thank you for having me that today, and, and hopefully um, we've helped people with all, you know, really get a deeper understanding on all five of those points. All right. Well, it's definitely been uh, great to have you on, Christian, as well. And we've run out of time. So the final thought for me real quick, I'm going to skip you, John. Is that Go okay? right ahead. Destination Retirement, July 29th at 630 at the Benton Events Center. Seven key steps to take toward your destination retirement. You can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events to register for free. July 29th at the Benton Events Center. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for watching and listening to Get Ready for the Future Show. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future Show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.